Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. You're welcome again to another edition of The Game on Sunday, the podcast, of course. Uh, Mike Investor here with you, and we have Ross Mulcahy with us as well. Now, if you listened to the last uh, podcast that we had, we had Cora Stolton on, legend of Mayo uh, football, and we had a great chat with her, which I really enjoyed. I'm delighted that this week we have another legend of GEA, and I hope I'm not going to embarrass him because he's listening on the other end here. Uh, about all that kind of stuff, but I mean, like his his record down through the years uh, is just enormous. I'll tell you about that in a moment. First of all, let me say we are delighted to be joined by Kilkenny's Richie Hogan. Richie, how is the forum? The forum is very good, Michael. Uh, delighted to be here, and a uh, little bit more time now than I used to, uh, which is always nice. Of course, yeah. I was just looking at your CV uh, a little bit earlier on. Uh, like myself, uh, I know you're from Kilkenny, you know I'm from Galway, but the two of us were actually born in Waterford. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, well, I, I don't know where, I don't know where you've gotten this CV from because I was born, I, I was born nowhere near Waterford. Um, well, it, it says it, it says it up here, I'm looking at it, you can look it up yourself, born in Waterford in 1988. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I I got the same as I got the same as well, Richie. I was going to throw it into you. Why why aren't you playing with the dish? Was it just a Waterford hospital and you moved back over the border? <laughs> You're living in Waterford and uh, somebody went down there and they they handpicked you to bring you back up for the black and amber. God no, God no, no. I was I was born I was born in Kilkenny Hospital, right in the middle of Kilkenny City, and uh, at the time my parents were living. Just on the border between Bennett's Bridge and Dance Fort. Um, yeah, we were, there, we were there for a couple of years. We were there for, I think, around seventeen years. And um, my father is from a place called Callan in um, 
in Kilkenny, which would be right yeah, beside yeah. For, right beside the Tipperary border. Um, so if if there's if there's hatred, it's not for Waterford. It's certainly for Tipperary. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, and I, I suppose that's as good a reminder as any to everybody out there. Don't believe everything you see up on the internet because most of it is not is not true. But anyway, uh, that's the here and there. Um, so Richie, you recently uh, announced your retirement, which obviously after all those years and all those successes, if you like, um, that was obviously a big thing. Ah, it was. Yeah, it's 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 and it's nice to be honest. Um, there's look, there's it's it's not really much of a secret that, like, uh, or it's it certainly wouldn't have come as much of a surprise to a lot of people. Um, that's for sure. I've been, I've been involved with the Kilkenny team for seventeen seasons. Um, came on initially when I was eighteen and leaving now at the age of thirty five, which is which is nice. And the last couple of years were obviously a struggle. Um. And it was pretty. It was pretty obvious that I probably couldn't get much more out of it. Um, and I'm, I'm just. Ha- I'm. I wouldn't say I'm happy because I'm not. But I'm. I'm pretty content that um, I probably couldn't do a whole lot more. And I probably squeezed a form a few more years out of it than my my body probably would have liked. Sure. Yeah. I. I often think back to to Joe Kelling. Uh, when he won the All Ireland a couple of years ago, 2017, wasn't it? And you know, I used to talk to people in Galway, and they used to say like things like, "Jesus, would would Joe Canning ever win an All Ireland?" And it it looked like he wouldn't. And then it happened. Good, if you know, you were on the other side of that fence, if you like, Richie, in the sense that um, success came early to you and it came off. Yeah, literally the exact the the exact opposite of the of of. Um uh, of the Joe Canning story in a sense that um, yeah like I had an all early medal before I had even played you know yeah so, yeah. so like and that can be you know and that's you know that's nice in a way um, but but certainly I came into a group that was certainly at the time regarded as one of the greatest teams of all time um, and they were right at the pinnacle of their powers um, so presented different challenges well I wasn't really worried about would I win an All-Ireland or not I was actually more worried about um, will I, yeah will I get onto the team will I make yeah. an impact will I push someone else out and um, while that was a brilliant place to be it is still difficult um, as a young player to come in because, like, I was eight, I was eighteen. You know, I wasn't. If you're coming in and you're twenty one, and let's say you're you know you're strong and you have a few years of under twenty one experience underneath you, and uh, you know a couple of years at senior club level, you can you can um, you can break in a little bit easier. But my my path was a little bit sooner and uh, obviously a little bit challenging. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. In actual fact, um, you, you talked about being 18, but I think it's fair to say, Richie, you are on the radar with Kilkenny long before that. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and looking back on it, it's 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 nice. Um yeah, like I remember even even as a kid, um being involved in teams, I was always um I was always kind of one of the youngest on the teams that I was playing in. I played I played my first minor game with Kilkenny. I played my first minor game with Kilkenny in a, in a challenge when I was fourteen. Um Yeah. Uh I was in God, I was in third year in school and um uh we played a challenge match. Kieran's College played the Kilkenny Miners in a challenge game in a kind of uh, it was a uh, it was a warm up to a college All Ireland final that was on that time. And I I, I played a I played a game for them that year. Um, didn't make the panel that year, but then made it the following year when I was when I was uh, fifteen and and going on sixteen, if you like. So I had a great um, I had a great time as an underage player. I played three years minor. I played four years under twenty one with Kilkenny um, and. You know that, you know, being as part of those, and they weren't just Kilkenny teams. They were they were successful Kilkenny teams. You know, they were mm. littered with lads who would go on to be kind of future future stars. So that was a brilliant learning curve for me, for sure. And I think I improved a huge amount from that because I was always playing with and training against players who at the time were bigger, stronger and better than me. So, you know, I was bound to come up a couple of levels from that and I thought that was hugely helpful. I I read a comment by uh, a namesake of yours, Brian Hogan, um, who said, you were a nightmare uh, to Mark. He was talking about club, obviously, and Kilkenny and that kind of stuff. And he actually said, he's, I was just delighted, he said, he played with you more times than he played against you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's nice. And uh, f- funny enough, uh, as the amount of times my myself and Brian get mistaken for brothers, which is ridiculous, yeah. considering I think he's six. I think he's six foot five. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, as 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 against Richie, five foot seven. Uh, it, dep- it depends on how how bad or how well I'm hurling. I grow another inch. Um, <laughs> Outside but, the boots, yeah, we're stuck in the boots, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, my, myself and Brian, sure, I would have, yeah, like, um, I would have marked Brian at club level a lot and would have marked him in training a lot because um, I would have played at that centre forward, midfield kind of triangle area and he would have been a centre back. And I, yeah, like, I mean, but for me going up against a guy like Brian Hogan or someone of his stature or his size or his power or physicality um you know I was never going to do what suited Brian you know I was always going to try different ways of uh getting past him different ways of getting my hands on the ball different ways of playing um and uh different ways of competing and it, it, the, the one thing about being five foot seven or five foot seven and a half is uh <laughs> is, i'll give it a i'll give it a half <laughs> give me that you know, <laughs> um the, the one thing about being that size is you, ne- you you don't really come up against players that are smaller than you that much so 
everybody is bigger than you. So you kind of, you nearly have the same approach, especially at that particular time when the ball was constantly coming high and you yeah. had to win it. So, you know, you have the great advantage of being being quicker off the mark and quicker to the ball when it, once it hits the ground. But then yeah. you can you can work on your own technique in the air yeah. in terms of winning that ball. And, and it doesn't need to change that much because everybody is bigger than you. It's just, you know, there's no real difference between 6'2 and 6'5 when the ball is coming in the air and you have to jump and, you know, try and get your timing right. So, um yeah, so like um, myself and Brian, great challenges over the years, and he was he was a fantastic leader on our team. Ah, Michael, could I? Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, I was I was just going to bring in Tomas because I'm yeah. sure you have a question to ask. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's just when he when he hit that point there, Richie, in terms of your size and and um, and your stature, and look, being on the Sunday game for so many years with you, Mike, and the stuff like that, like one of the big topics that we always praised was the ball-winning ability of Kenny, right? And look, Shefflin, Brian Hogan, as you mentioned, whatever, and Eddie Brennan, big boys, were late to catch the ball off the year. But there was two guys that stood out, Tommy Walsh and Richie Hogan. Richie, it, is it natural instinct in terms that you put your hand up inside the middle guys that you mentioned there are bigger than you, they're stronger than you, they're taller than you, but you were still managed, you still managed to poke serious or catch serious ball out of the air. I mean, it was it was fantastic to watch. Is that something you practice or did that come just natural natural to you? Yeah. Um, well, it, it, it comes back to what I mentioned earlier about constantly playing on teams where, let's say, I was 15 or 16 yeah. and the other guys were 18 or and, and reverse that back even a little bit to when I was 12 and other guys were 14 and 15. Um, while I wasn't as small for my age, I wasn't small for my age. There was plenty yeah. of guys who were, who were smaller than me. I was I was average height for my age. So I would have always, catching the ball, I would have always been a target man at my own age group. I uh, would have played in that half forward line and would have practiced winning puck outs and competing there. And then, but what, what became, but then obviously playing on older age groups, I had to do something different because um, you have to win the ball against bigger guys. Yeah, that, that helped me a lot um, when I came up against bigger players at intercounty level. When you know when I stopped growing and they continued, um, <laughs> it, it just allowed me to be able to um, a- adapt a little bit. And t- to be honest, um, Tomas, uh, like myself, you, you picked up myself and Tommy Welch who are similar similar height and um, yeah. There's, yeah. there's, you know, there's there's loads more in Kilkenny who probably had the same ability and had the same level of hurling, but weren't able to do that, and that's why they didn't make it. And you know, yeah. it's, it was very much necessity. You know, if I if I wasn't able to win the ball in the air, um, if I wasn't able to bring that to my game, um, I wouldn't be there. And uh, so it was really just a necessity um, more so than anything else. And of course, we practiced it, and um, yeah. of course, we we worked on it. Not not really as a group. But individually, um, you would be constantly trying to find new ways of, of, of winning that ball in the air, for sure. I, I mean, once you got a ball in your hand, you knew then, right, you, you, were in a, you were in a much stronger position, whether you're playing center forward or you're playing at full forward. You're maybe 15, 20 yards from goal at full forward. So you, you had a massive advantage in terms of getting the ball into your hand first. Yeah, and... Uh- and and like that is that is the the key you know like i pr- you practice as a kid you practice for years and years and years with the ball in your hand and uh you know then then when you get a little bit older 
the key is to actually get your hands on it, you know, because you've practiced so much as a kid and all that natural um, ability and, um, you know, training that you did as a kid allows you to be able to do something with the ball. And then the challenge is to get your hands on it. And um, I I always found that I I had a huge natural advantage against other players, especially around the middle third, because I was faster over first over the first 10 or 20 meters I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't be getting the ball in the middle of the field and taking off on an 80 meter solo run because i'd be caught very easily but certainly over 20 uh 15 or 20 meters i knew i could get to the ball first and i could win it um so the key for me then was i i either need to need to get the ball onto the ground uh where i can win it and get onto that break or else if I'm going up against a guy who's bigger and stronger, I just I just need to time my run right. I need to position myself right. I need to either come in from behind where he can't see me or 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 I just need to move into an area where the ball is not going to come high. Because, you know, if you're free and you're all on your own, nobody's going to drive the ball down the middle to your man. Um, so, you know, thinking about the way I could play the game and play it on my terms was a huge thing um, and a huge thing for other players, c- certainly, but um, certainly something I put a lot of emphasis on. Is there always, I suppose, Richie, is there always a, a case on, on any team in any sport about getting the balance right? You know, you need the, the, the tricky guys, the skillful guys like yourself. You need the big physical guys as well. I remember I'm old enough, Richie, to go back to the late 50s. And I saw in Galway, in football, uh, the legends that were Frank Stockwell and Sean Purcell play. And and the whole point about it was Sean Purcell was a huge, big, burly guy who played out around the half-forward line. And Frankie Stockwell was a small, wiry guy who played inside him. But the point about it is, Purcell used to win the ball and feed Stockwell and it used to simply destroy opposition teams. Isn't it about balance? Uh, it absolutely is. You know, it absolutely is. Like, and I, I would, you know, if you if you think about, if you think about even the, the, the teams playing today and the teams over the last 10 or 15 years, you'd always see a fella, especially in the forwards, whose job it was to, let's say, do the majority of the hooking and the blocking and the chasing and the tackling and the hassling and the harrying, and he mightn't get any score. Um, and that's brilliant and hugely valuable to a team, but you can't have six of those guys up. Yeah, yeah, because because it's not going it's not going to work. And similarly, you'll see a lot of teams, certainly in the modern in, in the modern era, where they just pick the six best individual forwards and they stick them in there. And you know, all of a sudden, you have nobody who's going to win a ball. All of a sudden, you have nobody who's going to run down through the middle with a bit of pace, or nobody who's going to. Um, you know, send the opposition backwards with with their tackling. Um, but you absolutely need the right balance within the team. Like every player needs a certain amount of everything, um, or else they're not going to make it. But in reality, you pick players for what they can do, and not necessarily for what they can't do. And you need to get that balance right for sure. That's a hundred percent true. Can I ask you a question, Richie? Um, just in terms of the teams that you were on, it was a very successful time, obviously, for Kenny, and some fabulous players came through at that time, and that's that's always a big factor in any sport, I suppose. Um, how much do you think, realistically, Brian Cody was responsible for putting all that together? Oh, well, I wouldn't... He, he certainly wasn't responsible for all of it, because... Mm. 
we would have been um, we would have been s- cited as a really well run county, not just a really good manager. And I think it was really important to get all of that right. So uh, certainly behind the scenes, Ned Quinn and his county board were a yeah. huge influence in terms of setting up those underage structures um, right down from the school school element of it I think it was Paul Kinsella who was mainly in charge of that there were some really brilliant guys at underage level from the 90s and the 2000s and that like the development squad um, era kind of started around that time with Kilkenny and was hugely successful um, and we had some brilliant underage managers and coaches who were feeding a conveyor belt of players up to that particular senior team and um, and then at the top, I think Brian was definitely the perfect man at the time for that particular group because the players were more talented than everybody else and they were better players than everybody else. And I think he was very good at keeping people, I wouldn't say motivated, but keeping people grounded and keeping mm. people focused on... On their toes, yep. yeah. Exactly, on on achieving everything you could achieve at that particular time and not, you know, having one or two good seasons. It was always a an element of constantly being greedy, constantly trying to win everything. There was no such thing as an attitude of, let's say that the league, a league match isn't important or that, um, you know, we didn't win every league, but, but Jesus, we tried to win every single one of them. Um, and that would have always been a really... Uh, that that would always been a really consistent thing with Brian right throughout was he demanded that we approached every game the best we possibly could in terms of attitude and in terms of our work rate and in terms of our um our application he understood that during the league matches that you might have trained really really hard on a Wednesday and a Thursday and maybe your hurling mightn't be fully up to scratch where it would have been later on in the championship but as a player togging out that Sunday or that or that Saturday evening he demanded everything that you had at that point in time and that would have been very very evident and I think that was the perfect that that combination of Ned Paul Kinsla and, and others um, yeah. around that time yeah. the underage structures along with Brian then at that senior level I think that was definitely the perfect combination. Yeah, could I just ask you? Yeah, could I just ask you on that, Richie? Yeah, just ask you on that, Richie. Right? I mean, that's that's a fascinating trait, right? In terms of your 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 county board and Ned and Paul Kinsella, and I and I know them and unbelievable people, brilliant people, the foresight and innovation and bringing back former players to see what they can do in schools and where they can help out. Can I ask you about St. Kieran's College? Is is it as strong as ever there? Is hurling still? Yeah, the number one is still the number oh. one choice there. Do you still see guys going to school with the the Harley and the bag over the shoulder? Yeah, it's stronger, Tomas, uh, than it ever was. I think um, I don't know how many All Irelands they've won in 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 the last kind of ten or fifteen years, but it's been a lot. Um, certainly, when I when I went to school in Kieran's College, yes, it was known for hurling, but you wouldn't yes. really you wouldn't really have kids going to Kieran's to play hurling. It wouldn't it w- wasn't really a thing. Um, and the whole the, you know the whole um, the whole thing of uh, you know, people bringing hurls to school. That was very much a first year and a kind of a yeah two or two or three months of second year until until, until you until yeah until <laughs> until you got a little bit uh, until you were far more interested in actually 
going down to town and having your lunch rather than rather than staying around. That, that was very much a first. I got your own banana for a yeah. bag. Is it? Oh, well, I, I I certainly wasn't. That's for sure. But uh, <laughs> that, that that was very much uh, it was very much a a young you know once like once people got to fourteen or fifteen um the that that wasn't really that wasn't really a thing um but uh but now like it, most most fourth fifth and sixth years if they have any interest in hurling at all are probably bringing their hurl to school and poking around and tipping away it's not as if they're out playing a match every every day at one o'clock for lunch but they are probably poking around and keeping themselves going um and the school is getting bigger as far as i know um they're looking at um i, I think they're looking at extending the size of the school uh, um and the county board and themselves i think had some form of a partnership about about uh, maybe 15 years ago, just after I left, where they developed the pitches for them. Um, and so it now really is a real center of excellence, if you like. Whereas when I was there, like we didn't really have a, a proper full yeah. size pitch. We, we played our matches and in James Stevens' local field and stuff like that. But I would yeah. say the teachers, from a teaching perspective, um, the teachers when I was there, were top class in terms of their coaching abilities. That really made the difference. Like we took the under 14, um, under uh, there was three levels, I think under 14, under 16 and under 19. Under 19, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we took those so serious. Um, you know, that was, and if you think about it at the time, it's your first taste as a young fella of playing teams outside your county. Um, Yes, like at that time, and that's why we we took it really serious. Like to win a Leinster championship, there was no All Ireland at under fourteen level or under sixteen no. level when no. I was there. But to yeah. win a Leinster championship was a huge deal when we were there. Um, yeah, and the teachers there were outstanding in terms of uh, in terms of coaching, and and that has gotten even better. You know, there's former players now in there who are who are coaches. Um, so yeah, that's going to keep getting stronger. Whether it'll have an effect on the Kilkenny team or not, I don't know. But that's an interesting point, Moss, that you raise there because, Richie, I live in South County Dublin in Cabantini. Yeah. And um, and when I uh, started to live out there for us many, many years ago, you would not see a Gaelic player from one end of the parish to the other. But now with weekends, if I'm driving up to the village to get the paper or, you know, pint of milk or whatever the case is, the number of teams that were out playing, mostly hurling, actually, Richie. Mm-hmm. Uh, football as well, by the way. It's just extraordinary. I mean, and in fairness to them, there, there, there was a lot of facilities in Cabotini. There's a lot of public pitches and all that kind of stuff. But I've seen a dramatic change over the last number of years in the number of people, Tomas, yeah. who are now interested in playing Gaelic games. It's, it's, it's huge, Michael, yeah. And, and that was my point to Richie, right? I mean, because... Mm. Everybody has heard of traditional schools around the country in terms of look with rugby or, or uh, Gaelic games, and they they hold their stature, right? But like St. Cairns College, Kilkenny was was talked about the length and breadth of the country in terms of what it produced, the underage, the school teachers, and obviously foremost in front there is education. You go to school for your education, and you balance it with your hurling. And and um, but I was interested to, to hear from that, like I mean, the development with the board and the pitches and 
the partnership and stuff like that, right? I mean, that's phenomenal to hear. And that's probably a concern for us all that the school is getting bigger and there's extensions going on there <laughs> because <laughs> we thought you might be gone for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I mean, it doesn't yeah. go that way. Yeah. And and, and the other, the, the I think that the, the school's championship now is not as relevant as it used to be. Um, yeah. Because I, certainly in Kilkenny, uh, both both um both Kieran's College, um the Kilkenny CBS, uh Castle Comer Community School and, yeah. and Good Council, which is in New Ross, but will be filled with maybe half Kilkenny guys, half Winston guys. They they're extremely strong, those four schools. Um Castle Comer's is smaller and, and you know won't always be as strong as as the other the other two, but it used to be far more competitive when I was at, like Burr was a really strong school, a strong when was, team. Yeah. When I was, yeah. and now, yeah. now I think, now I think, awfully put in a college's team themselves. Um, yeah. So, so it used to be St Peter's College used to be really strong when I was playing as well, and I don't, I it, they may well be strong now again, but uh, certainly I know they faded for a while and uh, and others, but um, but like Kieran's is a different, it's a different, um, like it's a different kettle of fish altogether. I remember some fella. Um, I, I think they were picking like a a St. Kieran's all time kind of great team. And I think the full forward line was was uh Owen Kelly, DJ Carey and Nicky Rackard. So like the, you know, that's um <laughs> you know uh, did, like, did you make it did you make it, Richie? I think this was I think this was pre my time. Right, probably uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, like, answer, yeah, I think <laughs> that you know, and that's not even including Eddie Kerr and Henry Shefflin, you know, and oh, right? so like yeah. you're, you're uh, I think um that that's what you're talking about in terms of the standard. But yeah, Kenny's exactly. a small count it, it's a small county. Um, you know, so like it's not like Cork, um, where people will go to their locality. Like if you want to play at home, yeah. And you want to go to Kieran's College, it's no more than it's no more than fifteen miles away from anywhere in Kenny. Yeah, Richie, uh, can I can I just bring you back to your own career and and your own time? And obviously, there have been so many highlights, including seven All Irelands, by the way. And that would you think twenty fourteen was a highlight for you? Like All Ireland, All Star, Player of the Year, etc. Yeah, no, it 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 really was. Um, um. Like we won, we won everything. I think in 2014, we won, we won the the preseason tournament, the Welsh Cup. We won, we won the National League final. We won the Leinster Championship. We won the All Ireland. We we won every single thing that was available that year, which was which was a massive for us. And mm. we won none of them easily. We won the we won the league final and the we won the league final after extra time, and we won the All Ireland final. Uh, after replay, um, and for me that it, yes, it was it was huge because we had kind of rebuilt slightly um, another team. Uh, if you like, and I know a lot was made of the likes of Tommy Welch and uh, Henry Sheff. I know I know it was kind of their last years, but mo- like the two boys were kind of were subs for the year. You know, it was really was yeah. a new it it was a new rejuvenated team with younger guys coming through, and um, that was one of that was definitely one of the greatest years I've had uh, for sure and um, something new for me I'd played out in the middle of the field whereas I had played as a forward prior to that but um, just in terms of overall enjoyment and the amount of games we played I think we played seven seven or eight championship games that year which was which was a strange thing too for us you know we played four games sure. in Leinster um, yeah. 
So that that was brilliant. Um, just that that whole campaign was was amazing because we weren't really favourites to win the thing at the start, and um, and then to um, you know to win it and in such dramatic fashion, you know, with the with the bubbles, the wire free at the end of yeah. the drawn yeah. game, and you know Drawing all of that. Like it, it was just yeah, it was amazing stuff. And if we're I, also, I I, I, I I forgot to mention one. you were you were also man of the match, by the way, in that. Uh, My- my God, and that's that's, a, that's an incre- incredible achievement, Michael. Yeah, and and if I just follow on to that, Richie, just in terms of your your rivals, who did you hate the most? Or who were your biggest rivals? Maybe in terms yeah. of rank, it's like the toughest. You're, look, yeah. you, is it temporary because of two thousand and ten, and or you know whatever you know because of the history being close to him and. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I would definitely take the word hate out of it because I, yeah, I don't know that we hate anybody really. And the di- the difference with us and other teams is, um, we were almost always the team on top, so it was yes. more case of other teams hating us <laughs> we, yeah, okay. than than anything yeah. else. Because I, I I definitely knew we like we did at times. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I I know when I came in first. Teams were talking about uh, teams were talking about Cork, not not from a point of hatred, but they really didn't want to give him an inch. They you know they would have hated to see Cork win in All Ireland around that time at the expense of ourselves because they had yeah. won like two or three prior to that and had beaten mm-hmm. us in finals. So I know th- definitely at the start it would have been the talk would have been about Cork. Uh, and very little about Tipperary, and then very quickly when Liam Sheedy came in and yes. they started competing, it it became very much about Tipperary, because um, there would be there would be huge rivalry between Kilkenny and Tipperary from yes. a traditional point of view, going back 40, 50 years. But it never really translated for us because we didn't play each other much, and Tipperary weren't particularly strong for. That's right. For yeah. maybe yeah. ten years prior to Liam Sheedy, and then you know, in recent years, then of course it's been it's been Limerick. Um, yeah, you know, the, you know, there was a bit of a mix in in the middle of Waterford were quite strong and um, and Clare were relatively strong, but it was very much uh, the Corks, the Tipperaries, and and Limerick, obviously in in recent years. Yeah, actually, it's awesome what you what you asked Richie there a second ago about the the rivalries and all that kind of stuff. I remember back in the day, and and going back to the late eighties here, when the football championship, the Ireland football championship, was a knockout event, and in Munster, it was usually a Kerry and Cork Munster football final. Yes, and, and I remember talking to one of the Kerry players one day socially. And I said to him, do you ever get fed up with these Munster finals always against the same opposition and always coming up against Cork and usually Kerry Betham? And he looked at me straight in the eyes and he said, Bosco, you never get fed up beating Cork. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Richie, can I I, I come back? Because time is moving on, but I want to ask you about one thing. Uh, you've had a lot of great moments in your life. I, I want to ask you about this because this was the 2019 uh, All-Ireland Final and you got sent off in this. And the reason that I'm asking you about this is because I was now retired from the Sunday game. So I was actually sitting in the Hogan stand and I was sitting right in front of you guys. When I say right in front of you guys, I mean you and Colin Barrett and you got into a tussle and and you got sent off. 
by James Owens. And I, I was wondering what you thought about all that because I remember looking at James Owens and I could see somebody was talking to him in his ear and I'm, I, I'm, when I say I could see it, I don't know, but I mean, that's the way it looked to me. He didn't, I, the, the impression that I got was he didn't want to send you off. But how did you feel about it? God, I felt awful about it, to be honest. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's, so in terms of, the, and, and you've, it was kind of one of those unfortunate um, situations mm. that you kind of get yourself caught in because like, and, and I completely accept that um, when you make contact with somebody from, you know, and it's high up around the, you know, the top of the shoulder, yeah. the, the neck, the head, that you're, mm. that, that you're, you're, running, you're running the risk of, of, of being in, of being in trouble. And I completely, yeah. I completely accept yeah. that. And, um, and, uh, but at the time, it, it, it's like it was one of those challenges where it probably happened six times already in the game, and it, you know probably be another four or five where you're. It's a physical game, like I could, like where where the way I was looking at it was like Carl Barrett had the ball in his hand, so uh, and he was about to run down the line. Now he saw me coming and put the brakes on big time to mm. avoid the shoulder, and I missed the shoulder and connected with his helmet, and that's kind of, but. You know, you you often look at if a fella is running through with the ball, and a fella goes out and pole axes him, and he knows exactly what he's doing. He's trying to, you know, mm. he's trying to foul. And I wasn't even trying to foul him. I was trying to shoulder him over the line. So even though, like everybody in the stadium knows what I was trying to do, I was trying to, I was trying to shoulder him out over the line. But if it's a fraction off, then um, then you're running that risk. And like I, you know, and I I, I used to I, I took. You know, lads were telling me about oh you can't do this and you can't do that but like if you look at if you were to name the most famous shoulder of the last 10-15 years you'd probably say remember that shoulder of Parig Mar on Joe Cannon yeah incredible yeah yeah, and yeah. A brilliant shoulder and a fair shoulder right yeah now, w- both of those players left the field with with blood injuries to their face so it's for like it was it was it, it was like he both of their heads clashed. Now, he wasn't going for a diving headbutt, but when you hit a fella's shoulder and you follow through and heads clash, now nobody would have said that was a, a free, let alone anything else, and it wasn't. But um, it's when you miss the tackle and, and contact is made, then you're running the risk. But uh, I don't know. It, 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 the one thing about referees, um, Michael, that you probably don't get from watching the game is a lot of referees are different. James Owens, James Owens doesn't speak to the players um, or certainly certainly my experience is he would have been one of the referees who would never really speak to the players much it's just he makes his decision wouldn't entertain any conversation uh, wouldn't explain anything so he just so I actually don't know he just came over and um, God I can't even remember what he said I think he just said high tackle uh, high tackle or some, something along the lines of high tackle red card now I he might have said something else but when he said high tackle I just assumed he was going to put a uh, uh, give out a yellow card and I was kind of half walking off um, yeah. so it was more of a shock oh look it was horrible to be honest um, because it had and now I'm not the first player to be sent off in an Ireland final loads of people have been sent off in finals um, but it was probably one of the ones that was the most controversial and had the biggest impact on a game and I think it, that was that was why it was like there certainly hasn't been a sending off that has been as high profile you know uh, sure. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I agree with you there, Richie. And look, I mean, yeah, and I, I think 
the modern game timing timing is huge now in terms of the tackle and the high tackle um in the past probably you'd have got away with that and and it was just a a mistiming and and, an unfortunate incident Uh, and i can see what you were saying in terms of you seeing barrett with the ball in his hand he's at the he's on the sideline I, it's something that I would have had in my mind as well that was drilled into me. If it was an opportunity to get him over the line, do what you can to get get him out there. But when you look back on it, do you think yourself it was the right card? No, and I, I still don't genuinely because um, because first of all, like the contact wasn't um, wasn't heavy. Like you can kind of see yeah. in, in in the video that it's, yeah. it, it's actually and we've all seen. I don't know if you wore a helmet much, um, Tomas. You probably didn't. No, um, there was not. No, yeah. But you'll you'll often see if when a fellow goes into a tackle, and next thing you see in the helmet is kind of shoved up over his chin, and it moves. So like that's yeah. literally that that happens all the time where where yes. where the helmet rubs off the player. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it wasn't heavy. It wasn't heavy contact at all. And like in reality, if if a yellow card had been handed out, they wouldn't have even spoken about it on the Sunday game afterwards. You know, they yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't have made an issue of it. But yeah, from a technical point of view, sure. A technical point of view, of course, by by the by the rule book, um, it can be it can be a sending off. And I like and look, lads are saying to me, you haven't seen one since. You know, all of the rest of them since have all been given as yellows. And yeah. the amount of the amount, the amount of times, yeah. the, what, <laughs> I don't I've seen more tackles, Richie, and no card even. But sure, that's that's the you know that's the funny part. So like, <laughs> yeah. there hasn't been a there hasn't been a a Monday or a Tuesday that I've either come into work or been, mm. been been out and about where there's been a maybe a head high challenge at the weekend that was given as a yellow and 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 someone says oh remember remember why, why didn't they do the same for like so the amount of times that someone gets away with a high challenge now i'm always the first person to be brought up so, <laughs> so I, I keep getting reminded of it but i, I i've gotten over that a long a, a long time ago and uh i just look back and smile at it really uh just or not smile at it but certainly move on um from it for pretty quickly yeah Final question for you, Richie, before I let you guys go. Um, how long do you think it will take for your wife to start trying to throw you out of the house? And the, re- the reason that I'm asking you this, I was talking to a good friend of mine years ago. Um, he was in management, by the way, um, retired from management. And a, a couple of weeks later, or a couple of months later, his wife said to him, Sean, is there no thumb match you could go to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, it, it won't take long because I won't be in the house much. That's for sure. Uh, so she won't. She won't need to tell me. I'll. 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 I'll get the message pretty quickly. You go. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. It's. Uh, yeah. No. Like it's part of. It's it, like, the G. Certainly the GAA and hurling in particular um, was certainly part of my life for. 15 20 years well even more since i was a kid since um, you were a kid yeah uh, of course and w- while I, I certainly i i don't plan on doing any coaching or any managing or anything like that certainly not anytime soon um yeah. i will i will absolutely find loads of stuff to do after work that's for sure and and make use of time and i'm actually enjoying what one of the things that i'm looking forward to most is choosing when i exercise and choosing what i do yes. And yeah. choose it, and choosing whether I do it or not. You know, like yeah. if I don't, if I, if if I, uh, if I want <laughs> to go for a run, and I, yeah, exactly. If I don't want to do it, um, and just exercising, ex- exercising for um, 
to for well enjoyment possibly or you know rather than trying to always constantly find something mentally w- when you're training yeah. i think that i'm 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 looking forward to that um to see how i get on i don't know how how well it'll go for me but uh, i'm certainly looking forward to that michael i just i just have one last question from there sorry yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, richie outside of hurling what floats your boat in terms of other sports in terms of like i like we say, any guys they know nothing else but hurling. Is there is there anything else? Are you a soccer fan? Do you watch the rugby or? I, I would watch them all. Yeah, for sure. I never played rugby. I played a lot of soccer when I was a kid, and uh, I played handball when I was a kid. I don't think I'll go back to either of those sports. Um, I will probably do some running, some running possibly, and some cycling. I, I, will, I have a lot of uh, kind of legacy back issues and and stuff yes, like that so any, right. an, anything yeah. anything more dynamic than running swimming um cycling um you know like it would be a bit much for me i'll play a bit of golf um but i love watching all sports um but yeah. outside 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 of that um outside of that i you know i just you know, I like education. I like working. I like all of that sort of stuff. So I'll have plenty to keep myself busy, and I'll definitely be my interactions with sport will be a hundred percent from a point of enjoyment from now on. A couple of triathlons, then fair play. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say I would say to you, Richie. Finally, don't be surprised if you get a call from the Sunday game. Um, <laughs> I echo, the, I echo those sentiments as well to Richie. Absolutely a pleasure talking to you and uh, so very well, well versed and knowledgeable and uh, a credit to you and thanks for everything that you've given to the game of hurling. It's been brilliant. Thanks very much. Good words, good words from us. Well done. Richie, so appreciate your time. You've been very good. Thank you so much. Um, from all of us here on the Game on Sunday podcast, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again in the future. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 